Good morning. Welcome to Homecoming Sunday at Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here with us this morning. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor, we want to say a special welcome to you. We are glad that you're here. We do have visitors' cards in the um, pew <laughs> where you're sitting. Sorry. Um, if you would take one and you'll just fill it out and drop it in the offering plate as that comes by. And we'd be grateful for you to do that for us. Um, several announcements to share this morning. Uh, the Outreach Committee is collecting cake mixes for the annual Crossroads Community Baptist Church's Thanksgiving meal in Kentucky. Um, they're looking for the following flavors, pumpkin, yellow, and spice. You may drop your donations in the orange tub in the little kitchen. Also this year, instead of collecting large cans of green beans, they will be collecting donations and then purchase the green beans in Kentucky. Uh, donations can be made out to Flat Springs, marked outreach slash green beans. Also, there are no closed donations being collected at this time. The proposed budget for 2020 is available for you to review. Uh, please make sure to take a look. They are green. Um, there's some over here, and I think we've run out on this side, and we can get more if we need to. Um, but go ahead and take a look at those. Uh, we, that will be presented at the business meeting next Sunday. Um, so go ahead and take a look and see if you have any questions. And if you do have a question, um, that can be addressed in the business meeting, or you can talk to someone on the finance committee. If you would like to purchase a memorial poinsettia, please turn in your money by Sunday, November the 17th. Um, plants are $11 each, and there's a little announcement about that in the um, bulletin that will explain that a little bit further. But please take note that that is coming up rather quickly. Uh, parents of youth, if your child is wanting to go skiing with us in January, their deposits of $60 are due today. Um, so if that's something your child is interested in participating in, please make sure to see me today before you leave. Tomorrow is a day of prayer sponsored by Baptist women all around the world on every continent. Our own sanctuary will be open to you from 6 in the morning until 8 in the evening. Men, women, boys, and girls are all welcome to come in and shut out the world for a little bit. While you're here, take advantage of this space for prayer, Thanksgiving, Bible reading, or private devotion. Uh, you can study your Sunday school lesson, prepare for your next Bible study session, read in open windows, or simply just be still and listen. So please just be aware that that is um, this week we'll be participating in that. A few prayer requests to share this morning as well. Uh, Gordon West is a patient at Duke. Uh, he is waiting to have bypass surgery, uh, so we want to keep him lifted up in our prayers. Uh, R.J. Hickman, which is Donnie Hickman's brother, is still a patient at Duke. Uh, he's recuperating from surgery that he had on his heart vessels. And then also Miss Ernestine Bridges had a fall this week. And so we just want to continue uh, lifting her up in prayer as well. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be in your house this morning, Lord, as, as we celebrate homecoming together as a church family. God, I pray that you would just... Um, be with us now and help us to focus on worshiping you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Singing along and tapping your foot is okay on this one. <clears throat> 
turning to 426 and we're only going to sing the chorus after the first and the third stand with me please
us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day, this homecoming Sunday as we gather, that we worship with family and friends and share our love for you and our love for each other. And Lord, I just pray that you now will accept these offerings and these tithes, that you will bless them and help us as we further your kingdom and your will on this earth as we pass through to our eternal home. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. You want to sit down there, sweetie, because I've got something to show y'all. Okay, so y'all sit. Lilacs, can you sit down there so you can look up at me? Okay. 
All right, so I brought a picture with me this morning. Now, I've told you guys I have two brothers, right? I've told you that before. They're both younger than me. They're both taller than me, but they're younger than me. But um, this one right here, this is Josh. He is the middle child, my parents. So I'm the oldest, he's the middle, and then the youngest is John Mark, okay? So that's what Josh looks like right there, okay? He is tall. He's like 6'3". So Mr. Kevin's got him beat, but just by a little bit. Um, so I have another picture up here I want to show you this morning, okay? And these are babies, okay? Yeah, these are babies. I want you to tell me, I just showed you a picture of Josh and a picture of me. Which one's Josh and which one's me? That one's me. That one's me? Mm -hmm. You think so? Uh -huh. You really think so? I think that one's Josh. Mmm. You think that one's Josh? No, I think that You think this one's me? Okay, what do you think? You think that one's me? Yeah, because when a baby girl or whatever, they have no hair. They have no hair. Yeah, baby girls don't have hair. Um, so, actually, you're wrong. This is my brother, and this is me. It's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? You're right, I didn't have hair when I was a baby. I didn't have hair until I was like actually one or two. But um, it's kind of hard to tell, right? You can tell in this picture which one's Miss Taylor, right? I sure hope you can, right? Yeah, okay, thank you for making me feel better. Um, but in this one, it's a little bit harder to tell because we're both babies. And have you ever heard someone say the, the term family resemblance? Have you ever heard that? That they look, yeah, that your family, you look like your family, right? So my brother, it's always been really hard to tell for my parents when they look at baby pictures which one is Taylor and which one is Josh. Um, John Mark looked a little different, and so we kind of tell that it was him. But um, in these two pictures, it's hard to tell. Pastor Gary is going to be talking today about family resemblance, and he's going to be talking about that. Um, and helping us to understand that we are God's children, right? Did you know that you're God's children? You're his sons and daughters, yeah. right? But we don't really know what God looks like, right? Like we can't, we can't hold up a picture and say, this is what God looks like, right? So how do, how do we, as his children, how do we resemble God? How do we look like God? In John chapter 13, it says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So, we can show people that we are like God by doing what? What can we do? Loving people. By loving people. That is right. And helping, and helping people. That is absolutely right. Is there anything else we can do to show people that we are like God and we're part of his family? We can care about them. That's right. We can, and, and we, like, <coughs> yeah, we can help someone who's maybe not feeling good. We can go visit them, right? Yes, the pumpkins. Yes, we can take them a pumpkin. We sure can. But that is what Pastor Gary is going to be talking about this morning. He's going to be talking about family resemblance and how we as God's family, can show other people that we are like God and we're a part of his family, okay? Can we remember that this week and do that? Okay, let's do that. Let's say a prayer together. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for these children. God, I thank you that we are called your sons and daughters. God, I pray that you would help us each and every day to show that we are a part of your family by the way we act. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Deep River, as we know it, will be unrecognizable in a few years. That is why we need to remember and tell and pass on to our children and grandchildren the stories and events of days past. We don't live in the past, but we need to remember what church used to be like. Every congregation has its own unique past. How do you remember the past at Flat Springs? What do you want those who follow us to know about the Flat Springs of yesteryear? Change is constant. And while we treasure our past, how are we doing in the present? What will they say of us in 75 years? Things are so different now. So what I say in the next little bit is subject to contradiction because we remember things different ways. What I want to tell this morning is what I remember as a little boy. From around the mid to late 1940s. For example, homecoming. Some of our people grew up, married, and having moved to other places would return on that particular Sunday. Some of us called it homecoming, and in fact that is the day that probably would be the only time during the year we saw each other. We weren't as mobile then as we are now. Others called it Memorial Day, a time to remember those who had passed away since the previous year. A week or so before that special Sunday, a work day would be called to clean up the cemetery. In those earlier days before gasoline-powered mowers, that are used now, our cemetery would apt to be cut with sling blades, bush axes, hoes, rakes, and mattocks. Also, there were a few people buried in Flat Springs Cemetery in the 1940s, and they were buried up on the crown of the hill, not off to the slopes that we're filling up now with our people. Most people in those days referred to it not as the cemetery, but as the graveyard. All that has changed and for the better because I know of no cemetery that is kept and maintained any better than ours or that has better records of who has been buried 
and where and when than the cemetery at Flat Springs. I commend our cemetery committee. Some folk back then in the late 40s, in addition to homecoming, would refer to that particular Sunday as Children's Day or Memorial Day. Mama usually had something new for us to wear on that Sunday because often the children would sit at the front of the sanctuary and do a recitation. It could be as simple as, welcome, welcome here today, this is our Memorial Day. They always gave that one to the youngest in the crowd. We had older girls in particular who would do what we called recitations. And they would have been given a subject to talk on and they could stand up there and talk for three or four minutes and not miss a lick. Some of them you probably know, they're both well into their 80s now. Some of you would remember Pat Dawkins who married Leland Ellis. And some of you would remember uh, Ruby Creed. Uh, she was a Poindexter. They delivered their recitations and they were so good. The era that I'm speaking of at Flat Springs refers to the little white church days. There's no air conditioning. It was usually hot on that Sunday. The windows would be pushed up and the hand fans would be going and the wasps would be out, buzzing in the sanctuary and the doors would be standing open and on more than one occasion, a neighborhood dog would have to be escorted out of the sanctuary. That's just the way it was, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Also, that was the era when most women wore hats to church. Their hats complemented their Sunday best. These were always also the days when ladies would sign up for a week or two weeks to clean the church. You remember the calendar we used to have in the foyer? It was strictly voluntary. There was no running water here. Mothers would bring baby bottles of water for their lap babies. And I have seen my aunts bring a quart of water for thirsty little ones to drink from. Our restroom was a wooden outdoor toilet with one hole and good luck if you needed to wash your hands. <laughs> in the winter time, a big upright wood burning stove was in a space off to one side between the congregation and the pulpit. And down near the Johnny house in the woods was the wood house, where the wood that fueled the stove would be kept dry and stored for winter's use. Our outdoor table, where our mothers placed the food that had been prepared and brought from home on Memorial Day was a rather <clears throat> primitive affair. It was built under the trees and it stayed up year round. And of course, as it aged and warped and buckled over time, they had to be careful about placing all of that food because it was never level at all. Some of them would get there early. They knew that. And they got a choice spot upon which to place all of their home cooking that they had spent so much time preparing. As I mentioned, there was no running water. 
There had once been a hand-dug well about where the porch of our present-day fellowship hall is, but by the time I was old enough to remember, the men of the church said the water was bad and the hand-dug well had been filled in with dirt and large rock. This happened, this happened at least 60 years ago when we were in the little white church. A really elderly former minister had been called back to conduct a funeral for an elderly saint who had worshipped here all of her life. I do not mean this to sound frivolous or shady. I've mentioned this to, break, to make a point. At one place in his eulogy, he said, she may not have had much in the showcase, but she had a lot under the counter. My point is this, we at Flat Springs may not be the showiest or the biggest or the wealthiest or the smartest, but we have a lot under the counter. Please remember that what you see here now was not here then, not one thing. When you drove up to church this morning, not one thing is left that was here then, that time I'm talking about. It was just a little white church with Sunday school rooms that had been added to it, the wood house and the stoves. And as you see a picture of what it was like in the foyer of our fellowship hall, most of you have seen that picture. Just a little white church with a plaque, a plaque attached to it that said, Church of the Year awarded to Flat Springs Baptist Church in recognition of significant church development given to us by the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina in 1960. I have a memory that never goes away. World War II, local boys serving in the Army or the Navy had been called up. And if they got a brief furlough, they would come home and how impressive they were in their uniforms. Only within the last four or five months have I discovered that we have an Army hero buried in our cemetery. When I was seven, eight years old, they brought him home. And I've never forgotten the flag-draped casket or the soldiers, the rifles firing, the sound of taps being played on the bugle. Since that time, we have walked by his grave hundreds of times. His name was Private Benny Buchanan. For years I have yearned to know more about him. So in May of this year, I called his niece. Some of you know Ruby Poindexter Creed. She lives in the area down near East Lee Junior High School. And I said, Ruby, tell me about Benny. And she said, Benny had a wit about him. He was an average sized fellow 
And if he was here this morning, he would be 97 years old. His parents were Lenny and Alice Jones Buchanan. They lived in a plain, unpainted, one-story house approximately midway between where Vivian Shaver and Tommy and Gail Luck lived. That place no longer stands. The Buchanans were sharecroppers on the Jim Womble place. Benny became a soldier in the Army during World War II. That war was fought on many fronts and was about a year from ending and Benny was in the thick of horrendous combat in Italy. And according to family legend passed on by family members, the troops in their training in that era were told to protect their commander, to cover your commander. And it wasn't until World War II ended that the courage and heroism of Benny Buchanan, a Deep River Flat Springs boy, became known. About two years after the war ended, a letter came to Mr. and Ms. Buchanan. <coughs> it was from Benny's battlefield commander. And in that letter, he told the Buchanan family that Private Benny Buchanan had saved him by covering him during the fighting. And I said, Ruby, do you still have that letter? And she said, Lord Tommy, we wore that letter out. Everybody wanted to read it. Everybody wanted to touch it. Everybody wanted to see it. And I guess we just wore it out. I said, well, do you have a picture of Benny? And she did. And it is here for all of us to see. Some of you probably saw it this morning as you were coming through the vestibule over here. His picture with a flag, uh, it will be up there today. And also, we'll leave it for next Sunday if you would like to walk by and see what Benny looked like. It will be there, and then it will be taken and put in our history room. His monument in our cemetery and his picture in the history room will always be reminders. And if you want to see where he is buried, as you leave church today, driving out the road here in front, uh, look on your left. And there in front, of more or less, of where the big oak tree is, you will see a monument with flags and flowers at the base of it.
And the people said, what a wonderful day already in hearing of our history and taking ourselves back. They say that when we remember the past, if we remember it well, it helps us in the future. That is, of course, our call today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, As I heard Tommy tell that story about Ben covering the commander, I began to ask myself, do I cover you? You are our commander, our Lord, our master, the giver of our life, the sustainer of our life, and the future of our life, even after death, you are our commander. And Heavenly Father, would you in this moment, on this homecoming Sunday, when we have folks that have come back, some have traveled from different places to be here on this Sunday, we are grateful for them. We are grateful for the heritage and the history of this church. And Lord, I feel the awesome responsibility as a member of Flat Springs Baptist Church to continue the legacy and to build upon what has already been a gift and a blessing that others in this community might know. And regardless of what this community looks like, Lord, we know what you look like. Help us to cover you with our words, with our deeds, with our thoughts, with our actions, with all that we are, all that we have. It's in the strong name and the precious name and the holy name of Jesus we offer this prayer.
Thank you, choir. How great thou art. Wow, wow. Good stuff. Thank you, Kathy. My tribute. Love that. Turn your Bibles to John's Gospel, the ninth chapter, the 35th verse. I'm sorry, turn to John 8. Just take a, take a left. I'm sorry. In this passage, Jesus is going to be as blunt and as straightforward as a person could be. As he confronts folks who I believe honestly thought they were living the faith. I think they honestly believed they were doing what was necessary. And yet in the midst of doing what they were doing. They failed to understand and recognize the reason why they were called to do it. And I understand that because sometimes that can be a challenge for me as well. And as we share in that kind of challenging time, of being the church on homecoming Sunday 114 years after this church was established in just three weeks. We need to hear what Jesus says. Our text is going to begin right in the middle of a paragraph in the 37th verse, and we're going to read through verse 47. If you're able, let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's word. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, Jesus is speaking. Yet, speaking to the Pharisees, you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham that he did. But, you, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I've heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one Father, even God. Jesus said to them, 
if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I'm here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of the father, uh, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He is a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you're not of God. Powerful words. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Would you pray with me? God, for just a moment this morning, before we go and spend time around the table fellowshipping, would you speak to us in Christ's holy name? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And let me just say that it is that we are going to have a meal. I've been asked to invite us to all go out. I've been asked to tell you, so I'm going to tell you. Go out that door and go in the end door, okay? Because when we come here, there are going to be tables right here. I know some of you know you, you know a shortcut, okay? Not today, okay? So go out that way, and we get in line. We'll go quicker. There's plenty of food. If you didn't bring food, please stay and eat with us. It's a time of fellowship. It is a wonderful thing for us to be able to do. So now I've taken care of that. I will say the blessing at the conclusion of our worship. So when y'all get over there, you don't have to wait. You can go right on through and eat, okay? Today's homecoming, and we celebrate during this month that actually November the 27th was the founding date in 1905. 114 years ago, a church was organized near the springs on what was once called the Poplar Flats. Bridges, Holtz, Hackneys, and Kellys made up the first 12 charter members. I wonder, Tommy, what they'd think if they saw, if they saw us now. If they saw their dream, their energy, their sacrifice today. In 2019, there's very little resemblance to the world of 1905 left. A simpler time, I think we all think nostalgically in many ways, 1905, although I was born in 1956, so I speak only from hearsay. But here's what I know is true. The challenges of being a human being are exactly the same as they were in 1905. They may even be more complicated. There may be newer forms of temptation and challenge, but also newer forms of doing good. But as surely as those folks saw the need 
in this community for a strong place to serve and worship and praise and learn of God. There's still that need in 2019. It's still just as true today that this community needs to see a group of people, many groups of people. I hope you pray for Jones Chapel and for Zion and for all the churches around our area. In lieu of the coming developments, we are wondering how much different our beloved Deep River is going to look in a few years to come. In the midst of that change that's being forced upon us, the question that we'll address today is this. Do we bear a family resemblance? Do folks look at you and say, you're God's boy. You're God's girl, aren't you? I, I, I see the resemblance. You've been told you look like your mom or you look like your dad, haven't you? My wife, Lunette, was adopted when she was three months old by two of the sweetest human beings that ever walked this planet. Preston and Phyllis Stevenson. Now they got her when she was a tiny baby. And so they would go and carry their baby. They dedicated her. They carried her to First Baptist Church in Bowie's Creek where she grew up. And folks would come into the church and they would see Phyllis holding Lunette. And they'd say, oh, she, she's got your eyes. Or Preston might be around and say, oh, your nose. She's got your nose. And I began to think about that for a moment. Because, you know, when I was born, I really didn't look anything like God. But when we become those adopted sons and daughters, I think we began to carry some different resemblances. If folks begin to see things in us, Maybe only the power of adoption can really do. Because what I understand about influence is that the more you're under it, the more you resemble it. The more you're under the influence of God, the more you'll resemble God. I, I know that's true in my own life because I remember one little example of that. I remember that we moved when I was in the ninth grade from Chattanooga, Tennessee, to Lewiston, North Carolina. At that time, Chattanooga probably had 150,000 people. And when we moved to Lewiston, there were 342. Okay, a little bit of difference in Lewiston and Chattanooga. But there was a, a statement there that I remember the first time I heard it. If you were trying to use the contraction, it wasn't me. In Lewiston, in Bertie County, they would say, it won't me. It will not me. That's the contraction of won't, by the way, is will not, okay? And I remember hearing that for the first time, and I thought, what? 
These people don't even know how to talk. It won't me. What is that? That's, that's terrible. But I also remember the day I had lived in Lewiston for about three years. I was working at Pittman's Rich Food and Mr. Pittman came around a corner and was very disturbed that some stock boxes were left in the aisleway. And he walked around and I was the first one in the aisle. And he said, who left these boxes in this aisle? And I said, it won't me. And I said, what? What did I just say? It influence begins to become a part of us, doesn't it? It begins to, to change us and hopefully for the better. So in this passage, very quickly today, I want us to just look. I'm just going to give you the highlights. Do we resemble God in the work that we're doing? The works of Abraham or the works of faith of God? When you're willing to leave your land and go to a place that's unknown to you because God says so, that's a family resemblance. When you believe God, when he tells you that even though you're in your 90s, you're going to have a child, you and your wife, and you believe him, that's family resemblance. When finally God does honor that promise, and he invites you or in, in, he commands you to take that baby boy, Isaac, and take him up on a mountain and offer him as a sacrifice to the God who gave him to you. Just like God the Father was about to do with the one who's speaking in our text today, his son Jesus. And you're willing to do that? Never did Abraham look so much like his daddy as he did when he was willing to do that. We know that God stopped that from happening. What works are we doing? Are, are we showing a family resemblance when God challenges us to do something that is a complete act of faith and obedience? Let me ask it a simple way. Are we walking by faith or by sight? Are we trying to do what we can understand? Or are we trying to be those people? Do we want to have a church that simply is a church that works in our own strength and our own abilities? We'll do pretty good. The Pharisees were doing pretty good in their own strength. But they couldn't see the Son of God. Now I want you to hear, don't, don't listen to just part of what I'm going to say. People don't need to see Flat Springs Baptist Church. People need to see the Lord God Almighty that Flat Springs Baptist Church serves. They need to see the God because it is God who changes them. And if we've got to have that family resemblance that they can see it in who we are. When God calls us to a church to step out in faith, are we willing I'm going to do a very quick commercial here. In February, we're going to start the Will of God study. It's going to be 13 weeks of your life on Sunday afternoon. I'm begging you. I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. 
Join us for that study. Let's discern together God's will. Let's make it crystal clear in our life. Is there any fogginess in your life right now about God's will for your life, for your family, for our church, for this community? Let's commit together and invite the Holy Spirit to lead us as we do that. Secondly, do we resemble God in the way we're loving? The Pharisees who taught of the coming Messiah, they said he is coming. We know he's coming. We know all the scriptures. We can explain the prophecies to you. We know he's going to come. He's going to be great when he comes. He's going to be life-changing when he comes. And now he stands before them. And they say, who are you? Who are you? How terrible to have the Son of God standing right before you and not recognizing Him. We must make sure Jesus is in our lives. Do we recognize Him? Let me ask it this way. Did you see Him this week? Where, where did He show up? Where, where did you see Him? Yesterday, uh, I saw the Perrys there. I, I was coming, I'd get, gone to Food Line, got some groceries, and was putting the cars, my, my groceries in the car. And when I got through, I noticed that somebody had put the black cart in the gray cart aisle. Don't do that if you do that. Stop it. Stop that. Come on. Listen, I, I told you I worked at Pittman Rich Food for two years in high school. That's hard enough without having to go out there and sort the cards, okay? They got two aisles. Have I said enough about this? Are we good? In fact, when you get to the parking lot, pull a cart with you and take it in. Okay, I'm through with that. Okay. I was putting my cart. Well, it's kind of my story because some knucklehead, sweet soul, I guess, I don't know who it was, had put the black cart in the gray cart line and I had a gray cart and, I, and so I just stopped and I do this you know once a bag boy always a bag boy and so I pulled the, the, the gray cart or the, so I could get to the black cart and put it where it belonged and then I was putting my gray carts in and I noticed that there was a an African-American gentleman who had stopped right behind me that I'd never, never seen before in my life. And he just kind of stared. He, he, you ever had that look that you knew he was not, you were going to have a conversation whether you wanted to or not? And I, I mean, I was good, but... And he said, I appreciate you doing that. I said, you're welcome. And I told him a little bit of the story I've just told you. He says, yeah, I do that too. I don't understand why people sometimes do what they do. And I just said to him, and I thought we were going to part. I thought, you know, I was going to get in my car. I'd have missed the Perry's if I had, though. But, but I thought I was going to get in my car and go. But I just said to him, I thought in parting, well, the best way we can show we love the Lord is to do a little thing like that. And I thought that'd be a good, whatever you call that, to leave with him. And I was going to go on my day. Well, all of a sudden, he had a story he needed to tell me. And it turned into a divine appointment to spend some time, some needs in his life, some areas of challenge. Where does Jesus show up? When you're moving a cart 
in the parking lot, at food line. Sometimes, sometimes he does. I love what Jesus said. If God's your father, verse 42, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. God's here. God's still in Platt Springs. He's been in here for 114 years. Today, he wants to go with us. Finally, this morning, do we resemble God in the words we share? In the words, listen. When daddy speaks, do you listen? But can I change the metaphor up just for a little bit from family resemblance to a great story? And I think it connects to this and what I'm trying to say about listening, about words, about God's word, about his word challenging us. I've heard this story from shepherds. I, I've never been. I don't know. But it, it's a great story. I'm going to tell it. And I'm telling it for the truth. But I, I, you can verify behind me. But it's the image that I want to leave with us today. They say that. In maybe in ancient times, but I think even in modern times, when they're out with their sheep, and there might be three or four shepherds that each have 20 or 30 sheep in their herd or their flock, and, and they come to the watering area, the sheep just intermingle. They just, they just all get together. I mean, you know, they're trying to find the best spot, to find the best water. And so they may be doing a little pushing and shoving, and they move to where they need to. And they say that the shepherds will just... In this, my, at least my nostalgic view of this, the shepherds stand off to the side and they begin to chat for a little while. But then when it becomes time for one of the shepherds to go and it's his moment and he gives his word, he gives his signal, he gives his sign, whatever it might be, Remember what Jesus said? My sheep hear my voice and they know me. And I'd just like to see this one time, but when that shepherd gives that call, he'll say that great big flock, herd of sheep all there together, his sheep, when they hear his voice, will pull away and follow their shepherd. That's the word. That's what Jesus was trying to say. Do you have a family resemblance? Then listen to what dad says. And when dad says it's time to go, let's go. When dad says it's time to come, let's come. When dad says it's time to do whatever, tomorrow dad's saying we ought to be here praying sometime between 6 and what time? Tomorrow, 7, what time will we close? It? To 8 p.m. sometime tomorrow. I think the father says I want to meet you here. Five minutes. And then do we repeat what the Father says? The evidence of really listening is being able to repeat what you've heard. Because it rubs on, off on you, kind of like it won't me. It rubs off. The more we're exposed, the more we understand. So ending today. So do you look like your dad? Taylor showed me those two pictures and I picked out her brother too. I'm just saying, okay. 
Do we look like Dad? On November the 27th, 1905, a group said, we want to look more like the Father in the Deep River community. So we're going to put a church on that flat by the spring. How can we look more like Dad in 2019? Blessed be the name. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your grace and for your love and for your goodness to us today. We are grateful for a history. We are grateful for sacrifice. We are grateful for those who covered the commander like Benny did in World War II, but like that group of charter members did by establishing a church. Lord, we want to keep you covered. This world needs you. Our community needs you. And it is our assignment to share your love. So Lord, when we come next Sunday, may we have acquired more of your eyes, more of your nose. May we look more like your ears and more like your mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision is page 425. He keeps me singing. It's been a wonderful day of worship today. I don't know what God is saying to us right now at this moment of making choices and making decisions. Maybe someone needs to publicly make a decision. Maybe you need to come to this altar and pray. Maybe you need to decide right where you, you are. I believe the Lord has spoken clearly. I believe we've heard him. Now it's time to repeat what we've heard. What's God saying? And how will we respond as we stand together and sing? I guarantee you the best buffet in Sanford and probably in North Carolina and maybe in the United States is right over there.
and you're invited, okay? So uh, I've gone long today, so, but I got your meal covered, okay? So I don't want to hear anything. Just walk right across there. You couldn't even be at Cracker Barrel by now, so I got you in good shape. And, uh, and remember, you're going to go out that way, so if I'm not standing at the door when you get by there, you'll know where I am, okay? We're going to go out and go around and go in that way, and that will just make things run uh, very, very smoothly. And we are, we are grateful for you being here on this special day. A special word of thanks to Tommy for sharing that. A special word of thanks to Kathy for singing that powerful My Tribute. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in His power and in His abiding presence that we might be His people in the midst of all His people. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're about to go to the table and share food. Would you bless that and strengthen us? Nourish our bodies that they may be strong, that the spirit that they contain might sing your song. Heavenly Father, would you just help us as we leave because Deep River still needs to know the Lord. And they need to know that there is a body of believers here at Flat Springs who have sold out to you. Help us to be that kind of church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.